0: Listener production. Hello and welcome to The Briefing. It's Katrina Blowers here with one of your favorite episodes from the year on adult ADHD. In this episode, we're jumping into the rise of adults being diagnosed with ADHD and the many conversations on social media about why this is happening. Many are just saying it's being overdiagnosed or turning into a trend. Before we get into that, here are the important stories making news today. It is Thursday the 28th of December. Good morning, I'm Celeste Mitsu, a fresh hip pocket pain warning. Crippling strikes at major ports are only part of the problem. Now commercial ships in the Red Sea are under constant attack from Houthi rebels and it's forcing shipping companies to change routes, favouring a journey around southern Africa that's adding up to 15% more in costs. Peter Draper from Adelaide Uni has told Nine... He expects a supply chain knock-on effect. That's basically the Europe-Asia trade with some trailing effects into Australia. But overall, there are going to be some price increases. DFAT is standing by to provide consular assistance to the family of two Aussie brothers killed in a suspected airstrike in Lebanon. Local media in Lebanon have reported that an Israeli warplane fired the missile. More than sixty thousand homes on the Gold Coast are still without power following ferocious storms. While the bureau says up until the weekend the showers will remain isolated along the east coast, meteorologist Jess Miss Kelly says the reprieve will be short-lived. Saturday
1: is the most likely of the next three to four days uh, to see severe thunderstorms and warnings issued, and that would be over the area of southeast Queensland and
0: northeast New South Wales. And Donald Trump has had a legal win. The Michigan Supreme Court has rejected an attempt to have the former US president removed from the 2024 ballot. The ruling is at odds with Colorado's court who took him off over his role in the Capitol riots. The Aussies reckon there is still enough in the pitch to get the job done. The Aussies lead Pakistan by 124 runs heading into day three of the Boxing Day Test at the MCG. Paceman Josh Hazelwood has told Triple M they will be able to steer the ship, but the conditions have favoured the
2: tourists. There's still enough there if you get in the right areas from both ends, I think. Um, there's a little bit of spin there, so there's enough there to, to take 20 wickets, but as you mentioned, it's it's slowly getting better to bat on, I think. And the heat
0: remain unbeaten in the Big Bash, downing the Sydney Thunder 15 runs. All right. Thank you to the listener newsroom for those headlines. Now it's time for Tom Tilly's fascinating interview on adult ADHD. All
2: right. Now to our briefing on ADHD. He was once called ADD and was mostly talked about in the context of naughty little boys at school. But the face of the conditions changing. The awareness is changing. And Antoinette, we're also talking a lot more about adult women.
1: Yeah, so prescriptions for ADHD medication, they've doubled in a decade. And I think what's really interesting, Tom, is that the uptake is mainly in adults um, and mostly women. And there have been a couple of really high-profile women who've shared their recent diagnosis. Being diagnosed with ADHD at 42 profoundly changed my core beliefs about myself. I was forced to peel back carefully constructed layer after layer and at times it revealed a terrifying fragility. So that's comedian M. Rusciano, um, who's just one of the high-profile Aussie women to share her ADHD diagnosis. Uh, Media entrepreneur Mia Friedman is another... And yes, I know there are a lot of women talking about being diagnosed with ADHD right now and you might even be rolling your eyes or muttering, what a stupid trend, under your breath. But it's actually a long overdue and welcome correction for many women, including me.
2: Yeah, it's been really interesting to hear those stories come to light. Um, Both those women were talking about it last year and it's rippling through the community. We've found someone whose life has changed dramatically since getting a diagnosis in their adult life, Bridget Pringle. She's a Melbourne-based advertising professional and a mother of two. She was diagnosed about two years ago. Bridget, thank you so much for joining us on The Briefing. Tell us about your journey with ADHD. When were you diagnosed?
3: Yeah, well, I was diagnosed only about two years ago, which looking back now is funny because the signs were there. But um, I think... I had a similar experience to a lot of people that TikTok algorithm uh, knew I had ADHD before I did Hmm. um, and it just started serving me content uh, about ADHD and I kept thinking, oh, that video is so funny. That's so relatable. And I would look at the hashtags and it was saying, you know, hashtag (laughs) ADHD. So um, yeah, that was sort of what started the questioning.
2: What were those videos showing that got your attention?
3: It was things that I never traditionally would have associated with ADHD. And I think everybody has kind of an image in your head of what ADHD looks like. And it's a lot to do with the hyperactivity. But that is really oftentimes a more kind of masculine presentation. Females with ADHD often more have the inattentive type. So it's things like walking into a room and immediately forgetting what you're supposed to be doing and being halfway through chores or activities and completely losing your train of thought and getting distracted by something else. I was always told that I had sort of not very good social awareness and conversations because I was always talking over people and interrupting and sort of butting in because that was just how my train of thought was. It was kind of always jumping all over the place and really it's sort of more of a social struggle a lot of the times for women than it is so much you know in schooling or things like that.
1: And then girls are diagnosed with ADHD. It just under half the rate of boys in childhood. Um, however, by adulthood, women are being diagnosed at equal levels to men. Is that underdiagnosis, or do you believe it's um, a later onset for women that's driving this?
3: Because ADHD is genetic. If you have it, you have it. You're always going to have it. But there's a couple of sort of factors at play. One of them is that the original diagnostic criteria for ADHD was based only on boys. (laughs) It was based only on how it presents um, in males. And so we now know that it looks really different in women. And a lot of the time there's a social element to it that girls are socialized to mask their symptoms a lot more. So, I never struggled in school because I sort of white knuckled my way through it. And if you look at all of my reports, you know, I don't have any reports about me acting out in school, but they do all say Bridget's doing okay, but she is distracting everybody else around her in the class. Mm -hmm. Because even though I could sort of manage to keep my own, work on task I couldn't manage to stop myself from interrupting or distracting other people you know a lot of women just kind of find coping mechanisms throughout their life and become you know successful people in their careers I'm a project manager which is laughable but uh, my my career is in project management and my psychiatrist told me that actually it's super common to see people who are late diagnosed in really high stress careers like emergency medicine or project management because they've realised that a high-stress environment sort of encourages productivity in them. And a lot of people, when you're late diagnosed, you've basically gone through your whole life forcing yourself to be busy because you realise that it makes you functional.
1: So how did you respond to receiving that diagnosis? Um, And was that different to the way friends and family responded?
3: To me, it was such a relief because I had been struggling with things my whole life that I felt so frustrated at myself that I was just incapable of doing. So then receiving the diagnosis and being able to access medication that removed that barrier in my brain and dropped these kind of invisible walls that I didn't realize other people didn't have, it was such a light bulb moment for me. But I think the people around me probably struggled with it a little bit more than I did just because, you know, a lot of people around me sort of thought, oh, no, that doesn't sound like you. You know, you did really well at school. Mm. You're just kind of bubbly and quirky and talkative, you know. So I think it took a while until really I started on medication and they could see kind of the difference in my anxiety levels and the difference in how happy I was and and how fulfilled I felt in my work and how much less stress I was experiencing on a day-to-day basis just going through my everyday life.
2: Yeah, I'm keen to learn more about how the treatment helped you, but tell us more about the real pain and the real struggle of it. You talked about feeling anxious. What are the worst parts of it?
3: It's a really common experience with people who have been diagnosed with ADHD later in life that they've gone through their life being told they're just anxious. And the reality is, is that when you're living your life with a brain that you feel is incapable of doing things that other people do easily, it's the most frustrating experience. And then you sort of reach this point where you feel like, well, there's something wrong with me because why can't I just pick a fork up off the floor? You know, why can't I remember to turn the stove off? Why can't I remember to take my bins out? Like it's these simple everyday things that other people take for granted. It's so debilitating to be living your life and feeling like there's this invisible thing that's wrong with you. So my self-esteem was incredibly low in my sort of early career as an adult because I just felt like I was... Wrong. (laughs) Like I was different to other people. And not only that, there's a whole sort of side of ADHD which really doesn't get talked about, which is sensory issues. I grew up my whole life getting really overwhelmed by different types of lights, different types of loud noises. If I was in a social setting for too long, I became incredibly overwhelmed by those things. And I would need to go sort of away by myself and just kind of regulate. And I never understood that side of it. I never understood why a busy mall would make me feel like I was going to have a panic attack. And it wasn't actually until I was talking to the psychologist and psychiatrist that I realised that those sensory issues are part of ADHD as well. And trying to balance all of those things and come across like none of it is bothering you (laughs) is incredibly taxing.
1: So in in recent months, some super successful and high-profile women like um, media entrepreneur Mia Friedman and comedian M Rosciano, they've come out and talked about their ADHD diagnosis and while no doubt that does good things for awareness does it in a way like kind of put pressure on people with ADHD to be seen as like superstars or that their neuro you know neurodiversity has put them at the top of their game
3: it really rubs me the wrong way when people sort of try to spin it as, you know, my ADHD is my superpower and talk about it as kind of like a a super positive thing, which if for the individual, it is a really positive thing. That's so great. And it's so fantastic that they've managed to find a way to live with their brain in a way that is positive for their life. But the, the reality is that for many people with ADHD, it is a disability and it's recognized as a disability under the 1992 Discrimination Act, but it's not recognized as a disability by the NDIS. And for a lot of people who have higher support needs than I do, or that, you know, some of the the more prominent sort of faces of ADHD in public do, it really disrupts their day-to-day life to the point where, you know, they might not be able to hold down jobs. They might not be able to take care of themselves properly. I'm fortunate that it isn't super impactful for my life. And so that allows me to be able to talk about it and put energy into, you know, awareness about ADHD.
2: So you've talked about being on medication. What's the full range of your treatment?
3: When I remember to take it, which is one of the most ironic things about ADHD medication, <laughs> is that remembering to take it is a really effort in itself. Um, I'm on uh, Ritalin, which is the sort of classic um, ADHD medication that people think of, um, which really I think has so much stigma to it and it's one of the things that's really hard for people with ADHD as an adult um, because if you weren't sort of diagnosed as a child and grew up with medication you can get really negative responses to saying to people that you're going to go on Ritalin um, or that you're going to go on a stimulant medication because there's sort of this view on it that it's kind of just like a street drug almost, you know, you hear the stories about people using it in in university to stay up all night and study when the reality is that, you know, the first day that I took my medication, I cried because about 30 minutes after taking it, my brain went quiet and it was the first time in my life I had experienced that. Wow. And I could not believe <laughs> that other people got to feel like that, that they got to wake up in the morning and have a single train of thought. (laughs) And I I had always sort of described my thoughts as like a jar of bees. Mm. And you're trying to pinpoint out of the 100 bees that are flying around which one is making the noise. But I took a nap because it was the first time that my brain was quiet in my whole life. And um, it was such a relief.
2: So how much has this diagnosis and the treatment changed your life?
3: Just so massively on a personal level my my self esteem the way that i you know view myself the way that i can relate you know to my family the way that i can be more present for my children because i'm not struggling with anxiety and depression like i used to and a lot of that is just understanding myself and understanding my strengths and weaknesses and building my life in a way that supports me and advocating for myself and you know with employers and and with people around me advocating for my needs and for setting up my life in a way that will make me successful so it's it's completely changed my life wow. i'm i'm so grateful for tiktok <laughs> for, for telling me i had adhd that
1: was bridget pringle a melbourne based advertising professional tom i I can't help but feel that if I was someone like Bridget, I'd feel pretty let down by the medical fraternity that it took TikTok Mm. and not a medical professional to help identify that I have ADHD.
2: Yeah, and it ended up a good news story because the treatment's been so helpful for her. But yeah, she could have had it years ago if the diagnostic tools in our medical system had been better.
1: Yeah, and awareness is a really good thing. I think it's great to have people like Bridget talking about it, people like Emrociano, Mia Friedman. Um, But awareness is one thing. The next step, which is arguably the harder part, is actually getting a diagnosis. There are long waiting lists. It's costly. Psychiatrists, um, some have closed their books for the year. Others have months-long waiting lists. So, I mean, I think the awareness part is well underway, but the biggest challenge is ahead. Listener.